0: Hello, and welcome to Square in the Circle. On this episode, we're going to talk strategy, and I'm joined with Dr. Jeffrey Miser, an associate professor in the Political Science Department and Global Affairs at the University of Portland in Portland, Oregon. He previously worked for the U.S. Department of Defense as an associate professor and director of the South and Central Asia Program at the College of International Security Affairs at the National Defense University of Washington, D.C. Dr. Miser has also taught at the University of California, Santa Barbara, the John Hopkins University, and the University of Manhattan. His most recent book, Power and Restraint, The Rise of the United States, 1898-1941, was published in 2015 by Georgetown University Press. He has other articles published and co-authored on strategy through the Army War College Press and the Naval War Review Publications. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program are my own and of my guests. They do not reflect the positions of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Army, and any other organizations. The contents for educational and information purposes only. All right. Well, hey, Dr. Miser. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. You know, I I really appreciate your time um, and and spending spending some time to talk about strategy. Um, So I'll defer to you if there's any opening comments, anything. Yeah, I'll just say thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on
1: here. And I will uh, never uh, miss a chance to talk about strategy, one of my favorite topics. So I'm really happy to be here.
0: Yeah, and so that's like my first question. Um, you know, is is what got you into strategy? You know, to write about it, to teach about it.
1: Yeah. So, really, it's been about twelve ish years that I've been thinking and writing about strategy a lot, and it really started when I was uh, got the job there at National Defense University, and I came in as uh, a a civilian. I just had finished my PhD. And so I was actually teaching like a a methodology class at a, a war college, which was kind of interesting in itself. And then I just was, was unhappy with how we were teaching students about strategy. And it really kind of came to a point when I was kind of looking at every, every student was producing some kind of strategy. Like a lot of them were, were foreign, foreign officers and they were producing like a a counter-terrorism strategy for their country and so on. And I was just looking at these and I was like, I, I don't think that we're, we're teaching them much that's very useful to them. And because a lot of it just ended up being, um, you know, like PowerPoint slide with arrows pointing towards objectives, you know? It's like like firing arrows <laughs> at the target or something. And I thought, this isn't, they're not explaining like what they're, what they're going to do to actually change things or have an effect. And I was like, man, this isn't really, I don't feel like this is, we're doing enough here. And then, so I was, I kind of took up our, our, the the way we were teaching there was in terms of ends, ways, and means. And that it didn't seem to be producing what, what it ought to be producing. So I kind of just went on a little intellectual journey and kind of, kind of got obsessed about it and just kind of trying to track down something that made sense to me. And it, it took a little while, but I kind of, I, I latched onto something, I think, and, and I, I felt better about it. Unfortunately, I think, By the time I was really able to articulate it, I was, I'd left uh, NDU. So, so I wasn't able to put it in practice there. Um, But hopefully it's, it's helping other, other programs and other people, you know, move forward and and be productive.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just curious. Um, So you taught at NDU, now you're at the University of Portland. How, how has your, I guess, your, your instruction teaching, has it, has that evolved, changed from, you know, teaching lieutenant colonels, colonels to, you know, you know, 18 and, and up, you know, year olds. Yeah, you know, it's
1: teaching, you know, 05s, 06s, um, mainly it was, the good thing is that they would come in with life experience. So they would have, they'd always have something to add to the to the discussion. And so that was, so that was nice. I think maybe they weren't always as open to, you know, new ideas as like the the younger folks are. Um, and so that was maybe the, the tougher thing to some degree they kind of felt like they knew, knew a lot and they did, but maybe not everything. Um, and so, so then the, the trade-off here is with, uh, younger students, they don't necessarily have a, a ton of life experience, but they're definitely open and they're creative. And so that's, that's energizing too, you know, so there's, there's plus and minuses both ways.
0: Yeah. So. Getting into ends, ways, means. Um, so, beginning of my military career, you know, I thought like, oh wow, this is a really, really great framework, right? It's a, it's a great way to to build strategy, and it, you know, it adjusts. it's not just like ends, ways, means. You know, you also have, you know, you could throw risk in there as part of the framework, or I've also seen like strategic environment, and uh, as as a company commander, you know, I I used it to for planning, you know, to plan my, my objectives, you know, my, my end state, how I'm going to get there, you know, the, the means and and the ways how I'm going to do that. But it's not really, it wasn't really like building strategy. And I, you know, as I started reading more into the topic of strategy and looking at other strategies, not just like military strategies, but, you know, business strategies, what um, a lot of them, it seems like they're just like grocery lists. They're not really strategies. They're just a whole bunch of means, maybe poor articulation on the ends uh, maybe poor articulation on the ways Um, they're just grocery lists and they're not just like strategies so i you know i'm really you know i've you know i've read your read a lot of your work um i'm just really curious you know to you know get this out on on the record you know your thoughts on the uh, ends ways means
1: yeah so that's as i kind of suggested There was. Uh, some dissatisfaction on my part about using that approach sometimes it's called a model or it's called different things i guess but i think what what it really is is sort of a, a you know normative guidance about how to go about creating strategy and it's, it's also i guess in if not explicitly it's it's implicitly a way to to analyze strategy so if, if you have a if you have a way to think about how to do strategy, you also have a way to think about, well, how to, how to analyze a strategy that's already in place or evaluate one or that kind of thing. So, so that's what, what we, we did use at at least my part of NDU. And I think that what, what was unsatisfying about it is that, I guess there's, there's two things that maybe I could, I could say that are, that I am not super excited about when it comes to ways and means is that, is that first in practice, what it, would it What it results in is is people, strategists, um, really just sort of focusing resources on a goal. You know, so it's in Mm in it does have ends, ways, and means, which is you know goals, um, how you're going to cause that goal to be achieved, and through what means or what resource. You know, so. Um, but it just ends up being like, hey, I have a pile of, of resources here. I'm just going orient, to orient that towards the goal and then you know, let it fly, kind of like, let's go. Um, and, and so it, it's just so easy to allow the ways part to just sort of dissipate and not be, be part of the, 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 the strategy. I mean, so to me, the way I, I define strategy is a theory of success. And so the ways part is the closest thing to being the actual strategy part of the of the, the framework of that framework so but it's it's so easy to just sort of ignore it or sort of wave your hands around and be like oh no we have you know we're going to mobilize this amount of resources and then here's the problem we're going to apply that to the problem that that that's what i see all the time and and that was you know very unsatisfying because we'll we're always putting resources towards problems all the time so how are we going to make it better actually so that's that's the question that's always often left out so it's part of it is that you know in 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 theory, you could have an ends, ways, and means approach work out as long as the strategist was really, really, really focused on the ways part and not ignoring that, which, you know, happens too often. So, so in practice, it just doesn't work because people ignore the ways. Um, the second thing is that when, especially if you go to the extreme and you say, well, strategy equals ends, ways, and means, that was, I think the original articulation by, um, Colonel and in, in way back when, 89 or something, right? Um, and so, so he, he literally said strategy equals ends plus ways plus means. And that, I think, is, is problematic in that, you know, goals or ends is one type of thing. Um, resources, that's another type of thing. And then ways, which is the strategy, is another type of thing. So when you just throw those all into a big blender, like it's not really a good idea because you're really... And you're obscuring what the real strategy is the strategy is that ways portion and you got to have goals you have to know what you're you're trying to cause to happen for sure and you have to have a sense of your resources but it's you know strategy equals ways in that kind of framework and so it's just it's not ends plus ways plus means that's not strategy it's it's the ways part and I actually like to articulate that more as a theory of success which makes more sense to me um, in terms of thinking about strategy and how to do it
0: so what, how, how would you define like a, a bad strategy and, a good strategy? Like, is, is, is it, is, is that even like something that's like true? Like, is there yeah. such a thing as a bad strategy? Is it, or is there such a thing as a good strategy or yeah. is just something just, just evolves?
1: Well, so lots of times you'll, you'll hear people say, oh, there is no strategy. And that kind of bothers me because there there almost always is a strategy, the issue is that it's usually implicit and kind of incoherent. Because uh, there is, because my view is that anytime you have um, purposeful action or you have, you're doing something towards a goal, you have a strategy. It might not, you might not have thought it through or articulated it to yourself even. It might be sort of subconscious, but you have, you have, if you then are, if you're asked, like, okay, so what's your goal? Okay, and you're what are you doing to achieve that? Okay, you're doing those things. So you think that doing those things is gonna cause you to achieve your goal, right? Oh well, yeah, I guess so. So then that I mean that's your strategy. So um so it's it's very, very rare for there to be literally no strategy. Um there always or almost always is is a strategy. And 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 so then I think there are you know better and worse strategies, and the the key issues are Things like, um, you know, is it usually ends up being are all are all the pieces pieces kind of put together all the linkages there. So, uh, if you think about strategy, a the theory of success, you have to have in your mind a set of actions that you think are going to cause some kind of outcome. You now that's just so a, a theory I like to define as a causal explanation. Um, so a theory is you're going to do X to cause Y, and then you're going to have reasons for. For what makes you think that causation is true? You know why that causal effect is going to be there, and so, um, so it becomes pretty clear pretty fast if you have like an implicit strategy, and then somebody actually forces you to articulate it and say, oh, you know, oh, are you, is you're going to take action X to cause Y? Really, is that what you think is going to happen? Well, why do you think that's that's the case? Um, you can think about sort of famous strategies of like American foreign policy or whatever of like, it it never fails when I teach uh, like George W. Bush Global War on Terrorism. Um, Hmm. It's always like a WTF moment or like many many WTF moments because you're like, oh, you're like, yeah, well, they thought that, you know, invading Iraq would cause this and this and this. And students like now are are like they've been they're born after like Iraq was invaded. Right. So they don't have they don't remember it. But they'll be like, what? people really thought that and yes it's so so once you articulate the the strategy as a causal phenomenon like oh yes we're, you know they they thought invading iraq was going to cause these democracy dominoes throughout the middle east is going to transform the whole security environment by by creating this coercive leverage against iran and syria and whatever right so so when you you articulate that you kind of it brings like a skeptical eye to it right away and you kind of point out the weaknesses and so what what happens a lot in in bad strategy is that the, the causal effect that you know is either implied or as you think is going to happen actually isn't there um, people often far overstate the causal effect of their actions you know and i mean it is hard to uh, like predicting the future like oh i'm going to i'm going to do x It's going to cause you know y you kind of you, you're kind of predicting that's going to happen and that's that's really hard to do it's hard all predictions are super hard and, 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 and have a lot of problems there, but it's, it's, um, making a, a, a judgment or a judgment error about the, the, the magnitude or type of causal effect of, of your theory is, is an issue. Um, I also like to, this isn't, isn't really articulate any of my, uh, publications yet, so this is kind of a new, a new thing I've been thinking about in, in teaching in my classes and in writing about, I'm writing a book on strategy right now. So it's, it's that, um, a strategy ought to be also connected to a, a challenge. So the way I look at it is you should have a theory of the challenge, and then you have a theory of success that is your way of affecting that challenge, you know? Um, and this is also consistent with, you know, design methodology, the U.S. Army, U.S. Marine Corps, mm-hmm. joint planning, it's somewhere in the early stages is define the problem. Um, and I think to me, there's there's really two major things you have to get right, which is define the problem in terms of a, a theory of the problem or challenge, and then have you a theory of success that then allows you to affect that that challenge in a way that's advantageous to you, however you kind of define that. So I think the problems come in with you know, you're articulating your theory of success, and you you make a misjudgment about what the causal effect is. Um, to me, I, I usually talk about that in terms of validity. You know, is this is this a valid theory or not? Um, that is, is it accurate in terms of you know its logic, and also is it consistent with what you know about the world? And then does it also like match the problem? Because this is also a uh, uh, something I've seen quite often too. Is that like you might get you might define the the challenge or problem pretty well, but then you might just ignore that. Like when you when you go on to move on to do the strategy that you're going to do. You're like, well, here's I did the problem thing and set that aside, and then just kind of do what I want. You know, so I think that's also a uh, a mismatch between the challenge and the the solution. The strategy to solve it is also a big problem. So the you know the causal effect piece and then the misalignment the with the challenge those are probably the biggest things i see in terms of what what you see in bad strategies
0: yeah just a couple points like digressing just a little bit Uh, when i was a company commander uh like mine was blown when you know i figured out you know that i had a couple you know some privates that were born after 9-11 like what do you mean you don't remember 9-11 like what like (laughs) you know i was in school i remember you know plain as day right like um
1: yeah, I literally asked and the then, question of my students, like, oh, how many of you were, were born after, you know, the nine eleven attacks? And literally everybody raised their hand. They're like, What are you talking about? How old do yeah. you think we are, man? And I was like, Oh yeah. yeah. What, what year is it? Oh yeah, right. Okay. Twenty twenty three. All right. Makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just like you just I guess you just, you know, forget, you know, just put you into in perspective and, you know, in the in the current times, you know, like Yeah. Yeah. Um and then, you know, as, as force managers, we have to be you know strategy informed referring back to the strategy in order to help solve problems help change help um, drive requirements um you know getting really after the means aspect you know the the mm-hmm. resources and one of the things that uh you know to highlight my my current boss um you know someone would come you know to to, to my section and you know say hey i need you to do x y and z but you know i'm really starting to like you know go back to like well hang on before we do x y and z let's figure out the problem first because mm-hmm. you know maybe there's different means there's different ways to getting after but we have to solve you know we have to figure out the problem because maybe what you think is the means and the ways you know getting x y and z is not is, is not the right course of action um, yeah, yeah i become pretty obsessed with with that idea
1: of like really thoroughly defining the problem um, I like I use the word challenge because, you know, like you can have like, um, like the spread of AI, like that's, is that a problem or is it a challenge? Because challenge kind of is, you know, opens up a bit more because like a challenge can be, have like, pot. like it can be very positive to overcome a challenge or, or confront a challenge or whatever, whereas a problem feels like, uh, it's just totally negative. Um, not that there's a huge difference necessarily, but, but yeah, I've been really, obsessed with thinking about that. And now I really see in everything I'm looking at and reading, it's like, oh, yeah, what's, what problem are they trying to solve? Or I'm on this like strategic planning task force thing in my university. It's like, okay, so what's, what's our real problem here? You know, and so once you, once you really start thinking about that and aligning yourself in that way, I think it really helps to clarify so much.
0: Yeah. And I think a a problem with ends, ways, means is that I think it really like takes after, takes away the, like the critical thinking, the creative thinking aspect of trying to solve solve mm-hmm. a problem, yeah. Um, and then I think you, you brought up AI. I think AI is going to make it even worse. You know, taking away the critical and creative thinking. I mean, just using like I don't know Chat GPT, right? Like these large language models to you know just write a paper for you or you know yes. whatever. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm curious. Is that have you have you come across like um you know like students using AI <laughs> large large language language models to you know write a paper on containment or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it. I mean, it's the ones that I've seen. It, it ends up just sounding like a Wikipedia article, you know. And and <laughs> yeah. so it's because I think it's there's some if you're if you're good at it, you can you can do well to produce. I think a good Paper that fits like a class assignment, and maybe those are the ones that I haven't discovered. Like students are doing it, but doing it really well, and I, I don't even know, you know. But the ones that I have noticed are, it's it's, it's pretty generic, you know. And also, it it seems like at least ChatGPT has a hard time actually making judgments. Um, mm-hmm. so often in my like exam question, or I'll say, hey, so what, um is like for American politics, so what theory of American politics is, this is most explanatory? Uh, you know, partisanship or ideology or identity politics or which one? And so like the chat GPT answers will be like, oh, it's impossible to tell, you know? And I'm like, oh, no. F.
0: No. <laughs> no, I asked, oh, you, to, I asked you to
1: make a judgment here. You're not making yeah. a judgment. So you're not answering the question. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so. That's,
0: that's a clever way. Okay, yeah. 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 I mean, of
1: course the good student will be like okay i'll just change this to some and like they'll just they'll just decide for it and, and, and revise it or whatever but um yeah that is there are, there are some kind of tells with with chat gpt at least in the versions i've seen
0: yeah so what are your thoughts on grand strategy um do, do you like that term grand strategy or do you prefer like national uh, strategy uh, yeah. yeah
1: um i don't yeah. love it um I think I think it's just so uh, there's just so much implicit in there that's sort of like built in. I mean, I guess first of all, I th- the word "grand" you like it has a positive connotation, right? You don't say, "Oh, you know, this is a, a grand piece of crap car" or something like that. It's it's grand means something is good, right? So then. So there's already that built in of like, oh, if it's a grand strategy, it must be something amazing and thoughtful and whatever. And and so it's just the the what it just just the thought behind. I don't know. Just is not not exact. It's not a, you know, an objective or impartial kind of term, I guess. So it's a bit loaded. Uh, secondly, it it doesn't it doesn't really communicate that much to me. I, I do prefer national strategy, which to me suggests, okay, so this is this is the theory of success for the nation, for the country. You know, it's the, the theory of success at the national level. Um, how are you going to cause success for your country in whatever whatever context, you know, you're talking about? So I prefer that. It just seems, you know, less loaded, more direct, uh, more practical, I guess. Uh, I know that like political scientists like to sort of theorize about grand strategy and and that is like a pretty common framing to use, but it's not my preferred, you yeah
0: yeah yeah so with like grand strategy and even like just strategy there's like a plethora of like definitions out there that sometimes it can be like confusing to determine like well what exactly is strategy and then like even grand strategy too like i think like the easiest definition i've I've ever heard was it's just the use of dime at the at the national level or like dime file right if you want to use like you know (laughs) finance information, like law enforcement, you know, economics, you know, whatever, however you want to, however you want to use it. But there's just like so many definitions out there and so many scholars have taken a stab at defining, defining strategy that now, like, you know, I think, uh, you know, I wonder if it's like being overused, like we're using strategy as like a synonym for like a plan, you know, or, yeah. or, or something. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a ch- it's I mean
1: it's a real challenge to get everybody on the same page in, in thinking about strategy. And that at some level we all kind of have a general sense of what we mean by it, but there's only but there's only some definitions that actually have analytical usefulness behind it, um, and and can kind of give you the structure I think to think productively about it. Like for example, I really dislike it when people say, "Oh, strategy is an art and a science." Well, I'm like, "What the hell is an art?" Um, I know it's just meant to be like, oh, it's so science is like the number crunching part or something. And art is like the, the creative part. But but to me, it's science is extremely creative. Um, if you think about the main advances in science, you think that those are not creative endeavors. Like that's that's insane, you know? And so you don't really need, I don't know what the art part of that adds to it, except to say, oh, there's something that we can't really even specify it's like this error term or something sitting there of like oh this is the art part of strategy where you know somehow it's the you know klaus which is like genius element, you know, whatever so uh it's it's just sort of this this factor that's there we can't define it you know and so I, I just don't think that that that's very useful um so i think there is there's there's a lot of definitions and i think some are definitely better than others and and i think the, the ones that are useful are the ones that give you a way to, you know, think productively and creatively um, and also give you a way to evaluate and assess strategy, which is, it just, um, it's very rare to have a definition that works in that way. Now, ends, ways and means actually does work for both ways. So so I, I can see why people like it and I can see how it can be useful, uh, but, I, but I think you're right that it doesn't it doesn't really, um, you know, energize the creative part of people's brains, you know, it kind of just ends up being like fill in the box kind of, mm-hmm. kind of approach too often, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so, so th- they're definitely our, our worst approaches, I think for sure. Um, and I mean, there's, there's also, there's some kind of a debate like people are sometimes they, they feel like that there's, you can't ever have a, a definitive definition of strategy. Um, that everybody's going to agree to, and that doesn't even matter. It's like it's pointless to do that. Um, I I actually do, since I'm constantly arguing for, for my definition. I I just do think it's better, you know. And I do think there are there are definitions that work a lot better than others. I think there are. Um, I mean, a lot of people are really vague about it, but then en- they do end up coming around to sometimes good definitions. Like um, right now I'm teaching Hal Brand's book, uh, What Good Is Grand Strategy? And in his mm-hmm. intro chapter, he does, he talks about strategy in a few different ways. Some of them not that helpful, like, oh, it's intellectual architecture. And I'm like, okay, well, what the hell does that mean? Um, yeah, but but then he does get around to, oh, it's it's the logic of how you're gonna, I think it's something like the logic of how you're gonna achieve your goals or something like that, which that's that gets pretty close to what a good definition would be. And I think that, um, Lawrence Friedman, he has that huge doorstop of a book on strategy, and I, I admit I haven't read even most of it, but I did read the I did read the preface, which is excellent. I love yeah. the preface. It's like it's like seven pages long, and it's great. It's one of the best things to read on strategy. And he says that he says something like that the strategy is a story told in future tense or something like that. So it, it's a, and, and that gets to the point of like. It's about causing something to happen. So you're you're you have a, a narrative ELC's word schema I think where he's like, okay, this is this is how you want the future to to happen, and you're trying to cause that to happen. So anytime that there's a definition that's suggesting uh, causation that you're trying to cause something, I think that's that's getting in productive directions for sure. Um, but most don't really capture that.
0: All right, follow following question. So. Like other than Brands and, and Friedman, who, who would you recommend if you wanted to learn more and wanted to really have, you know, burn some intellectual calories here on strategy, yeah. like who would you recommend reading?
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's strange because I have like shelves full of books on strategy, but it's hard to say any of them are really um, that great, honestly. Um, and I I mean, I get... Uh, I get a lot of value out of all sort of like the classic books. Or I shouldn't say a lot of that. I get some. I get some value out of you know, Clausewitz, Sun Tzu. Um, you know, Colin Gray. I think is very hard to read, and he needed a much better editor in his life. But um, he has he has some some key insights too. So it's kind of like there's nuggets. Like there's nuggets of goodness in all these in all these books. But it's, it's hard to recommend one saying, OK, I read this one and you're like really set up like I don't I don't know that 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 book really exists. I think that one book that made a big difference for me is uh, Richard Rumelt's uh, Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. And he's a he's a business professor, at UCLA, and he captures a lot of what I think is, is true about strategy. Uh, I feel like his books are a little are not like organized the way I would I would prefer. And they're kind of you know chatty. I think they're meant to appeal to like CEOs and something. You were trying to have like more of a, a breezy kind of read or something, but 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 I think he does. Um, so he, first of all, the the idea of diagnosing the problem is his first step, which I think is is super important. We already mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So he has that part, um, and then he has this concept of a, a what he calls a guiding policy, which for like a national in the national security realm is sort of a very confusing way of talking about it, but. <laughs> But again he's talking about what 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 the things you're going to do to then um deal with your problem you know so i think that's a productive way of thinking about it too so having those pieces and then in the latter chapter that probably a lot of people don't even get to he has this whole thing about um you know strategic thinking as scientific thinking which when when i read that i was like oh yeah that's totally right um and he starts uh and he he, it's kind of like it's one of those things where like i read this with student papers a lot too and even like published articles and stuff is that people finish it but it's like they don't go back and look at what they wrote at the beginning to see if it matches up what they ended with and so like at the end of rumelt's book he starts talking about strategy as a hypothesis which in the first you know eight chapters he doesn't say ever and then finally at the end he's like oh yeah strategy is a is a hypothesis and i was like you should have led with that, man. That's like, the, that's like the maybe he need a better
0: editor. Yeah.
1: I guess him too. Like, <laughs> somebody be like, um, so in front, you're talking about strategy as having, is being the diagnosis and the guiding policy and the, and this and that. But then at the end, you're saying strategy is just a hypothesis. So how, how do you kind of square that circle, you know, and, and he, it, like, it doesn't, doesn't happen in that book, you know, and it doesn't happen in his next book either, which, um, is also a, a decent book. Um, but yeah. So, in, you mentioned at the beginning that you know that reading business strategy can be helpful, and and I think it is in that you know in, in the business realm, I feel like there's there's more iterations maybe of of strategy of strategizing, in that there's you know whatever tens of thousands of companies doing strategy every day, like all the time, and so um, I think there's there's more cases. There's there can be uh, more more breadth to understanding strategy and it's and, and, and so I think there is there's considerable value to to business books um, there's one I think the guy's name is maybe Peter Martin um, he's written a couple books um on strategy and so, so there are good ones there in, in business too but like I said there's not there's not one that I could say like this is this is the way to go I think room else is closest. And then in the the military national security realm, I do like, like I said, I like at least parts of the Friedman book. I like um, Hugh Strahan's uh, *The Direction of Strategy*, which is really a collection of essays. But but those are really good too. Um, and and beyond that, it's 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 sort of you know I think you should you should read the classics and kind of get take what you can from that, and then sort of find whatever practical books you know make the most sense to you and, and you know there's no but there's no there's no one book that could say, hey go with this or something
0: well yeah yeah awesome thanks dr Meiser. well, two thumbs up because you you use the title in in your uh, <laughs> in, in in your statement here so you know you square in the circle so yeah. I, I love it love it um but yeah I think I think as a, as a military guy and just you know military in, in totality I think it's it's good to get outside our our realm of you know national security military foreign policy and you know look at like different perspectives right like you know business perspective um there was a there was a book not necessarily a strategy book but i was reading a, a book about uh carly fiorina uh-huh. who was the C- ceo of hp yeah. um and i know she ran for like senate and i think she, she was a presidential candidate and everything but it, t- it specifically talked about her as the CEO of HP and um, looking at it as like a operations kind of strategy. And, and, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it didn't pan out for her. Like she wasn't successful. She, she ultimately got fired because she wanted to go left and the board wanted her to go right um, yeah. on that. But, but, you know, I mean like this, you know, just to get a different perspective on, on things. So I think it's, you know, I think it's good to, you know, look at. Like business, business strategy, or you know, other yeah. you know, other publications from outside the national security, yeah. national security realm. I
1: also think one thing that's productive is is what I'm going through with my my class right now is if you have if you have a good framework on strategy, and then you start to read more about cases, and then you can you can apply your, you know your framework to these cases and kind of see. How it works out and gain additional insights into those cases i think that's also very productive and like there's a book we're reading now uh by uh Mira rap hooper and rebecca listener it's, it's a couple of years old now but it's i think it's called an open world and so it's one of those books where they're proposing like a new grant strategy for the united states there's always there's like 20 of these coming out each year and but it's <laughs> yeah. it's you know it's useful to like take a look at it and, and we're like in class we're looking at okay so what's their theory of the challenge like Um, And we're articulating it as a, as like a causal process. So there's, in in most cases, when you look at a challenge, um, like in sort of the national security realm, military realm, is that there's, there's a challenge, there's something that's causing that challenge. And then that challenge is then causing some negative effects. And so if you look at it that way is that you can think about, okay, so then where do I intervene in this causal process where I can, I can shape an outcome that I, that I like. Can I sort of you know negate or interrupt the the challenge from causing these negative effects? Can I can I assert effort like on these, these root causes and change the nature of the challenge? So you can start to think through these ideas. And so it's just it's very interesting to me to be able to then to to look at any any situation of strategy that I've that I've tried so far is is there's always some kind of challenge there? The the strategist or strategists have some understanding of it. the how well it's articulated kind of varies Uh, and then they're all then they're trying to use strategy to intervene on that problem you know and so so once you have you know a useful framework um, to help you understand these these instances and and these proposals better then I think you can learn like so much more Um, rather than just sort of like okay they have this idea about an open world order okay um, well maybe that works but But, you know, if you don't, if you address these things or look at these things without a framework, then you're kind of, you're kind of just floating there without, without much to grasp onto. But once you do have a good framework, then it it helps a lot. And so, you know, if you, if you, if you do, I mean, everybody that goes through like the, the military education system, um, they always read about a course like the Civil War and Gettysburg and, and the the big stuff, right? The Battle of the Mm -hmm. Bulls or all that stuff and but if you're just sort of reading about, okay this happened and this happened and this happened well your the amount of learning that goes on isn't isn't really going to be profound it's it's when you have you have a framework where you can dig in and say okay so this mistake was made okay but why you know why was this error made because if it it's just like oh that mistake was made so hey young captain make better decisions man that's what you got to do you know <laughs> don't you know don't be picket. Don't do picket's charge. Okay. Well, great. Thank yeah. you. That helps a lot. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's like, so why, but why, why were these mistakes made? And then you can get at, oh, okay, so then if you, if you have a better understanding of that, then I think that helps more. So, so a lot of reading on, on cases can help, but I think it, it really helps mainly if you have going into it, you know, some way to break it down and get at the important pieces, you know,
0: now, now, what are your thoughts on like the national security strategy, the national defense strategy, um, you know, military strategy? You know, since mm-hmm. I mean, time immemorial of these publications. I mean, not just not just even current, but you know, you know, yeah, since time immemorial, you know, of of their existence um, yeah. as as a publication as a, as a guide. You know, mm-hmm. it had the word strategy in the title, but right. I mean, do you think do you think they're good strategies? Well, so. I, for this,
1: for an article I did uh, for the Strategy Bridge, uh, I, I think it was the 2017, whatever the Trump NSS was. Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-author and I, we, we kind of dug deep in there and, and and tried to figure out, well, what is there a strategy in here, and what is it, you know? And it was an unpleasant experience <laughs> because it's just, it feels like such a mess, you know. It's just really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from Richard Rumel, he says that basically most strategies are just lists of things, you know, lists of goals, aspirational goals, things you want to do, just some sort of like uh, that are really unrelated to, to each other kind of things. Like, so in that strategy, it was like, oh, military overmatch was sort of like the Rosetta Stone or, or, or the Silver Bullet or something. I don't know what metaphor the the Holy Grail, whatever it is, like, this is the thing that's going to solve all problems. Like if we, if we have, if we show military overmatch, we're going to coerce our enemies. We're going to reassure our allies, you know, and we're going to make all these beautiful things happen. Um, But, but the, but the cause logic was, was a little bit hard to discern there and and a little bit lacking, you know, exactly how is this going to cause that to happen? And do we not have military overmatch right now in 2017 or, did we not have it in 2010? Like, because a lot of the problems they're talking about have been around for a long time. So, so when did we did we ever have it? When did we lose it? Like, there's just like a lot of questions that come up. So, so I think that every I haven't I haven't closely analyzed like every NSS, but I think that embedded in there is a strategy. I mean, they are documents that people could spend a lot of time on. They put a lot of brain power on that, and you know that it has to have buy-in from a lot of the important people in the administration and so on. So. I think it's very useful as something that that has a strategy or has strategies in it but there it takes a good amount of effort to really to really derive what the what the theory of success is from that document because it's just, it's just so messy you know and and it's and people like one thing that's also hard about strategy and I think one reason why people avoid the ways part of the ends ways means kind of approach is that to to clearly articulate your your strategy is is uncomfortable because uh, mm-hmm. you're really putting yourself out there, you know. Because you're you're saying, okay, I think if we do X, it's going to cause Y to happen. Here's why I think that, and so that opens you up to all sorts of criticisms. Uh, if you're if you're that clear about it, like the clearer you are, the easier it is to criticize. And so I think we all learn at some point of like, oh, if I sort of make it a little difficult to understand or unclear, it's going to be hard to pin me down. And so people are going to say, oh, do you mean that? And I'll be like, oh, no, that's not what I meant. I meant this other thing, you know? And so if you can, you know, for, for strategists, if you can obscure your thinking, you're, you're going to have that, like, impulse to do that. Uh, just, and this is, this is so true of academics. Oh, man, so true. If you, if you read a really um, intensely academic, like, article or book, you can you can totally tell that that writer is trying, maybe not purposely, but they're they're really obscuring what their argument is because they're trying to have it all ways. You know, they don't want to be pinned down, and because they don't want to be you know critiqued, because nobody likes that. But it's it's profoundly important when you get to strategy to be critiqued is super important, uh, and and so that's why it's, it's super important to have the have the clarity to it. So that people can say, oh, okay, so you're saying this is going to cause this. So why do you, th-? and you think for that reason? No, that's not true. Because think of these other counter examples that didn't work in those examples. That's the conversation you have to have. Um, and, and you, and you need to have that scrutiny intense scrutiny on it because you want to have a good strategy. You want to make it work. Uh, and you want it, you know, want it to work in reality, you know, people's lives can depend on, it, you know, so, so having that scrutiny is, is absolutely, is absolutely necessary. Um, so, I mean, I forgot the original question, but I think that was a pretty good
0: answer, probably. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's, no, phenomenal, phenomenal answer. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so while we still have some time, I you know I want to transition to the routine questions that I ask all my guests. You know, the the, the fun yeah. questions, using using air quotes here. Yeah. So, what is your all-time favorite book, and if not book, what's mm-hmm. your all-time favorite movie? Oh man, gosh, that's a tough question. All time favorite book? Um,
1: gosh, I haven't even—it's been so long since I've thought about that. Oh man. Um, so, i oh, geez. I guess there's—in in essence, there's there's so many that it's it's hard to um, pin me down on one. Um, Gosh.
0: Come, let's come, come back, back to this, this one. Yeah. Let's let's, yeah, let's wrap we'll back around to this. My brain's kind of percolating around and I'll get get a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, next question. So, what emerging or future capability technology worries you the most? Um
1: Gosh, I I I guess the the direction that I guess a lot of people are worried about is you know the combination of of you know a, autonomous weapon systems and ai like that that you know that that connection is is troubling in all sorts of ways and i think i guess what worries me the most is that you know it's not going to probably be a country like the us or great britain or something that that develops and pushes this out it's going to be some country that's extremely desperate you know, and that they're going to be like sort of grasping for any kind of capability they could, they can get. Um, and it could be, you know, let like in the future of let's say Ukraine that the aid from the, the West starts to drop. And so they're just looking for anything they can grasp at to, to, you know, survive, you know? And, and so then they, they start working that area because this is a very, you know, technologically capable country with a lot of, of human capital there. And so do they push, push too far in some area? Uh, and then, then, then you know, Russia feels like it has to catch up, and then so then there's there's something that goes goes in that direction. There, I think that could be that could be troubling, and so so I guess it's it's some combination there. I think that that a lot of people do do worry about. Is, is I would worry about that too. All
0: right, so you know, currently in the city of Portland, teaching at the University of Portland. So Voodoo Donuts, what is your all-time favorite voodoo donut. You
1: know, I don't. I like donuts. I like donuts a lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think the the voodoo donuts are 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 very creative, and there's creative flavors <laughs> yeah. and styles and presentations, it's artistic and so on. They're huge, yeah. But I don't think that they necessarily taste the best, honestly. Which is sort no. of what I'm I'm looking for. So I like. Also in town is Blue Star Donuts. I don't know if you've had that before they're more conventional but they're they're super good uh especially like their buttermilk um style donuts um and then another good place in town is called Cocoa donuts which again is even more conventional but it's just like good really good solid like delicious you know donuts so um, mm-hmm. i think i would i would just go with those instead honestly and kind of skip skip the voodoo donuts thing
0: Ah, uh, yeah. So, you know, my wife and I would come, we'd come down to Portland on the weekends, and uh, you know, we would go hiking all day, and then you know, all the calories that we burned, you know, we would just go <laughs> you know, and reconsume them, uh, you know, at Voodoo Donuts, right? Go get a, go get the Homer Simpson donut, which is like this basically just huge pink cake, you know, like oh gosh, donuts are just ridiculous, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, so circling back, so what about all time favorite book? Um.
1: Yeah, you know, it's super embarrassing i'm still totally blanking it's uh gosh i can't even or what about a good. favorite movie well you know for a long time i i would say that uh like fight club was my favorite movie but now it's sort of like i think politically incorrect to say to say that maybe i don't know but i really i mean it really i guess at the time i watched it as a, like a young really young guy like it it uh like I, I felt like it, it, it explained some part of masculinity that I'm not necessarily saying is great, but it, it explained a lot of like, I kind of like made me think about why, like I do the things I do or think the way I think, um, that kind of captures a lot of it is as, as someone who grew up in like, just like rural Washington state where, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, it was no question that you would just take enormous physical risks all the time and not care about like to care about your personal well-being was just this just ridiculous like you like why you, you couldn't be a, a real you know man and, and and care about risk it's just like looking back it was so dumb um but i think just that it kind of that that captures that that challenge of masculinity i guess that that kind of appealed to me so i guess i would still say that that's among my my favorite movies um and I would still stick with that. Um, I think um, maybe a, a, a recent, not that necessarily that recent of a book, but I guess one, one book I'll, I'll call out that I really do like is um, Gattis's uh, strategies of containment, um, mm-hmm. which really had a, a pretty strong impact on me in thinking about strategy and, the, the way that he sort of would, would carefully parse through the the differences of this, the strategies of the different presidents. And, and he didn't, I think, have a, a super clear framework for strategy. But still, I think it was a very rich, uh, in-depth study of it, which, which affected me a lot. So I think that's definitely a great book. And I do also... Um, I guess I would say that The Art of War by Sun Tzu is also still kind of one of my favorites. Um, and I think that a lot of people, it's easy to get wrong, but I don't think that even really matters because just that it, the way that it got me thinking differently, I think still is in, important to me. And and so I think even though it's not, it's not like what I would say is like a super pleasant read, but I think just the way that it kind of shifted my thinking um and and had a strong impact on me i think i would i would put that up there as, as a top book for me too
0: yeah i really enjoyed uh, the sun tzu art of war actually it was like one of those books like for me it was like i i read it like one day like i couldn't put it yeah. down like i was very very intrigued and fascinated with it um and like first time ever reading it was just a few years ago which very surprising like I, you know, I like wow wow I should have picked this book up a long long time ago and but okay dr miser or like any last word any final comments anything um no just to say thanks for having me on I really enjoyed the
1: discussion and yeah I just encourage everyone to that's that's interested in in strategy and and just to, to keep reading keep thinking about it and and don't let any kind of like don't don't let people tell you how you're supposed to think about it, Um, you know, figure it out for yourself and figure out what makes sense to you and just, just keep working towards something that works for you. And I think that's, what's most important. Don't, don't go along and repeat what other people say or what your boss says or what your organization says, but figure out a way to make it work for you. And that's, that's kind of like a lifelong journey in, you know, I'm, I'm been working on it for 10 years pretty intensively and I'm still working on it. And so it, it doesn't really end and so just just keep working it and, and and find your own path
0: all right well again you know thank you for your time dr meiser i really appreciate it really appreciate the discussion also i really appreciate um, you know all the all the articles that you publish on twitter following you hard you know always add to my reading list so i <laughs> always appreciate that and so with that being said you know I, again thank you very much um really appreciate it all right thank you All right, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for future episodes on PPBE, the budget, discussions with senior leaders in force management, and a discussion on the Yom Kippur War and the spark of army transformation. Time is a flat circle. Thank you.